This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Tom and Warren on Joy. It's coming up to Melbourne's favourite time of year and of course we're talking about midsummer. It starts this Saturday the 19th and runs through until the 10th of February. It's your chance to celebrate everything queer but my favourite part of the festival of course is theatre and this year midsummer does not disappoint. From a sold-out Sydney session, the Art Centre Melbourne presents the Dan Giovanni's Green Room award-winning adaptation of Christoph Talakas' book, Merciless Gods, in the First Fact studio from the 6th to the 10th of February. We are lucky enough to welcome into the Joy Studios this morning the writer Dan Giovanni and one of the stars of the production, Paul Blenheim. Welcome, guys, and thank you for your time. Thanks thank, for having us. Thank you for having us. Good morning. And and thank you, Mikey, for pronouncing our guest's name correctly. I, I think I'm okay. With, how, was, how did I do? You did very well. Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, pretty good. I'll take that. Thank this you. is why we bought the Italian in, because yeah. this dumb Aussie bogan here ain't pronouncing anything. <laughs> yeah. So, look, look, I want to talk about the book first. So, at first, we're going through. So, not everyone appreciated Merciless Gods when it was first bought out, the book. Look, people said it was just basically a collection of short stories basically only designed to shock. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that I actually go back and think about, you know, Christos's work and how important it is. He writes about things that people are scared to talk about, shines light on society, even makes us like people we might hate. It, look, we've got to think about his other works, you know, The Slap, Barracuda. So, Dan, what was it about the book that intrigued you to get involved into the, you know, to write the stage play? I think it I think it's true that um Christos's work does have um really um I would say kind of brutal elements rather than shocking elements I think I think um there are uh you know characters who do things and say things and you know go through experiences that are uncomfortable um but none of that is designed. I think the the word shock kind of suggests that there's nothing uh, behind that. Um, whereas actually, I think that he uses that brutality um, to explore something incredibly human and tender. And that's what I found in the work when I first read it was this sort of beautiful um, three dimensional tenderness and, and humanness from these these characters who, yes, say awful things but are beautiful people or who do beautiful things but are bad people. And that is a much more interesting um, character study for me and sort of, you know, analysis of, of humans and humanity mm. than someone who is just good or is just bad or who just does, you know, nasty things. But the capacity for all of those things to exist in, in one body is um, is much more truthful. And so that's when I, when I read the book and I read these stories, I was like, ah, oh, this is... Um, yeah, this is a story that we can we can put on stage. Because I remember when I, I read it, I, I was very judgmental. But then you stop and think, what would I do in the same situation? You know, I mean, we, we all like to think we're great people. Uh, you know, we like to judge ourselves. But put into a situation like what happens to some of these characters, how would we react? We, we could all change. And I think Christos does a really beautiful job in his stories of putting his characters, as you say, under, under pressure. And mm. I think when, you know, when you're learning how to... Um, to tell stories and to write characters, one of the things that you learn is to, is that your characters are always under pressure from different things, whether it's you know society or family or um, the pressures kind of placed on you. As in you know many of the characters in the book are, are um, young queer migrants, the children of migrants. Um, 
those pressures make you respond and react in a particular way. Um, and so that's all Christos is sort of doing is watching these characters um, under pressure respond to the things that are happening to them. Right. So for people out there that, you know, living under a rock and probably never read the book, g- give us a rundown of what Merciless God's about. Merciless God's as a short story collection is 15 short stories from Christos that spans Christos's career. So he's been writing for, you know, two decades. And so there are stories in the collection that he wrote at the beginning of his career and then things that he wrote more recently. Um, there are, as I said, 15 stories. We've not done all of the stories for the stage adaptation. We've taken eight of those stories to turn into, um, to turn into the play. Do we get porn? One, two, or three? You get porn one, you get porn two, and... Porn three. Porn three, you get all the porn. Oh, okay, we get all the porn. (laughs) Which is part of a a collection of sort of a study that Christos did about about porn. (laughs) Um, And... They, some of them are a bit porny, some of them are less porny, um, but we do the lot. Yeah. Right. Paul, you've previously done Merciless Gods before. Mm. What attracted you to jump back in and do it again? Uh, the opportunity to do it was, I mean, I love this show a lot. We started working on the show years ago. Most of us were, had worked together before and um, are good friends. And we eventually got it on in Melbourne in 2017. Yeah. Um, and we were still developing that right up until the opening of that um, season. And we got about two weeks to kind of thrash it out. And then we're really sad when it ended. Like, yeah. we, th- we thought there was just so much more to explore. And we um, luckily got another opportunity to do it in Sydney up at Griffin Theatre. And how did they and, take it? I mean, because um, Melbourne is, you know, we, we, we love a bit of you know, raw theatre. How did the Sydney audiences like it? Well, I don't know if you've been to Griffin, but it was a much smaller space than where we've performed it in Melbourne. And we attempted to put this epic show in this tiny little space. And it was... I feel like the show kind of just landed up there, uh-huh. and the response to it was unlike anything I've ever had. Well, I mean, I read the Australian like report. You know, the Australians did some great reviews, you know, and they can be a very, how should you say that? You know, they're not a paper that reaches out to the the fringes, but mm. you know, they gave us a great review. Yeah, and it was more about the response from the people. Like people were coming up to us in the street and saying, like, you know, thank you for that. I've never seen something like that on the stage before. I've never seen those stories told. Do you to think us people before. also see themselves in some of the stories? Yes, and they I come think up so. and say, hey, that's like a bit like my life. Yes, which is quite amazing because some of these stories are brutal and mm-hmm. really full on, but yeah. to have someone come up and say, I saw um, an aspect of my life or my relationships with my family in yeah. that in those stories, um, is, yeah, it's quite amazing mm-hmm. to receive that feedback. So, Paul, you play multiple characters. Mm-hmm. Does that make it more fun? Does it make it harder? I mean, how do you go from one to the other? It's definitely a challenge, but it's like an actor's dream because we, all, all of us get to play multiple roles um, and very different characters. Like I play a crazy range, which is a yeah, great opportunity for me, but yeah, really challenging because I've been asked to play characters that I would not usually be cast as. Mm. And I think a lot of the cast, have, that's the case for them as well. And as an actor, that would be more fun. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't absolutely. want to play yourself, would absolutely, you? and yeah. it like challenges you, and you you grow, and um, especially getting to do it. Um, you know, this is the third time now, so yeah. we're all ready to go and get back into it, and just you know try yeah. to try to improve on what we did last. Have time you seen as well. yourself in the show as well? Are you bringing your outside into it? Um, yeah. Yes, of course, of course. But I mean, some of these stories are really <laughs> quite full on. Um, yeah. 
and a lot of imagination has had to kind of go into uh, how you've of, created those roles. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I wrote. I mean. I wrote the roles for these actors too. You know, okay. they were in the they were in the development from the beginning. And so, whether you're bringing elements of yourself, Paul, to your roles, there are definitely things in you and the way that you speak that are kind of embedded in in those roles. I think, yeah, from my perspective, anyway. With some of the characters that are kind of the trickier that that are outside your personal experience, where do you draw from to to, to kind of harness that character? Um. With this one, a lot of it comes from the text, like okay. just focusing on the text and developing the text and like living with that for a period of time in, during rehearsal. Um, and then doing lots of research yeah, and just working on it on the floor with, with the other actors and developing these characters. And yeah, drawing on all our experiences that kind of relate to the show. So Dan, I've read that you're now the writer-in-residence for the Melbourne Theatre Company. You're a multi-award winning playwright for both children and adults. And I think your last show, I saw it in a tent. Why can't I think? Anyway, we'll move on. I'll have a look at that. I've probably got it. Cut Snake. Was it there Cut we snake? go, Cut I've Snake. I've Cut was, Snake. Yeah. I loved Cut... Go on. I loved yeah. Cut Snake. Talk about it later. <laughs> no, it, was, it was a fantastic... And, and to have turned up into the tent, it was very raw. It, it was great. But I want to know... I mean, you're a, a writer in residence. When does an idea become a, a show? Um, it's sort of... I, uh, a, a, a couple of ideas become a show for me. It's usually... Um, Things that I can't let go of, something that will kind of stick around for, I suppose, like an earworm, you know, like a yep. song that sticks in your head for a couple of days. It's like an idea that just will not go away. And it usually only goes away, well, it doesn't go away, but it, when it attaches to another idea that won't go away. And these two things sort of come together and um, they're like, oh, that's a play. Um, yeah. And do you get inspiration from people like walking down the streets? Are you one of those sitting in a cafe writing little notes thinking, oh, look at that creep. I'd love to put that one in my next story. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, look, a, a little bit. I mean, I write, I, I take inspiration from, um, from, a, from stories, I think, that I read in the newspaper, from books, from anecdotes that I hear. So, yeah, there's definitely stuff in real life. I'm less... I'm less sort of like, I wonder what that person on the tram's life story is, but I do often write down things that I hear on trams. So if you're in a tram, <laughs> you could be car. I, I mean, I, I love Merciless Gods, the book. I thought it was great. Is theatre, like telling these LGBTQ stories in theatre, is that still important in today's society? I think so. I think what's so um, extraordinary about this collection of stories, of, of, yeah, of, of stories on hearing them on stage um, and I think I've learnt this m- more since doing the show and hearing from people their responses, is that these are not stories that people hear on stage. Oh, no. This is a... a, a there is a, um, a sort of gap in the representation of, um, of Australia and what Australians are and what they look like and how, what they sound like. Um, and this story, this collection of stories, I think, kind of helps fill that gap. So, Paul, you've got a very impressive body of work, and we're not just talking about you getting your clothes off again for this show, <laughs> but you've done quite a little bit with the Little One Theatre. Mm. How important are these independent production companies, especially ones that champion the LGBTQ issues? Well, um, the independent companies, especially in a city like Melbourne, are the lifeblood of our theatre industry. The independent theatre in Melbourne will never die yeah. <laughs> um, because it is feeding our, our bigger companies and what we put on the stage um, as far as stories go generally informs what will be happening on the main stage in a couple of years because we're not scared to put on 
confronting stuff like yep. this or stuff that challenges people. And you are right. We need the independents to actually give people for work that would never make the main stage. People get out there and see the next minute, it, you know, it becomes yeah. trendy, well, it's, it's kitsch, and next minute, well, you know, it's yeah. playing at the Opera House, isn't it? Well, yeah, this little show started in a, you know, in a little town hall and now is at yeah. the art centre. And, and a lot of people um, said no to this show along the way and I think, um, you know, not to sound, not to sound um, self-righteous about it, but I think that this work had heaps of potential at the beginning and it p- potentially was a little bit confronting for people to sort yeah, of... people yeah. like Alan Jones in Sydney don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're shining a torch on his back door. We don't want to laugh. That well, thank you guys for pushing yeah. and, and challenging because you're creating such beautiful theatre and you can catch Merciless Gods at the Art Centre Melbourne Fairfax Studio from 6th to 10th February 2019 Tickets are from, uh, you can get them at theartcentermelbourne.com.au and all links will be available from our socials as well at Tom and Warren. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Thank Thanks you for, for having us. I can't wait to see the show next week. Thank, thank you. you. Wake up with Tom and Warren. Thursdays for breakfast on Joy. Tune in to 94.9 in Melbourne. Stream live at joy.org.au or download the Joy app. Available via podcast at joy.org.au on iTunes or your favourite podcasting platform. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them. Thanks for listening to another Joy Podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.